Welcome to another edition of Your Impact Attack. That's right, it's Your Impact Attack. And damn it, uh, we may not be able to take it back this time. You you may just have to hold on to it uh, for the foreseeable future after this. Um, but, uh, but who is we? The Vet. He's a Rip Rogers guy. The Vet. Rogers guy. Um, it, 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 uh, we as I, uh, Jamie Williams, who uh, was absent last week for reasons beyond my control. Uh, but I, I'm here to say that uh, stepping up in my place and doing a fantastic job, and I just wanted to say that publicly uh, for the first time here, um, is uh, my tag team partner, Brandon. Brandon. Yo, yo. Tag. Tag. There you go. You and Chris, um, I listened back to the to the show, um, even though I did make a small cameo at the very end, uh, but I listened to the show. You guys did everything that I hoped you would do, um, and I'm very happy with it. So thank you very much for uh, holding it down for me while I was uh, indisposed, let's say. Um, let's, let's leave it there. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I wanted to tell you that in person, in public, um, so once again, thank you very much. No problem, man. Thank you for the kind words. Um, and I don't know if we're going to have any kind words for, uh, Impact Wrestling this week, but, uh, nonetheless, uh, the VBC is here. The C is uh, the chat. It is no longer Chris. Who I have to thank also as well, Chris Ams. That's uh, lands with no L or bullshit in the morning. Um, you know, uh, the, AKA the Canadian me, AKA your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster, which since I'm everyone's favorite podcaster, that makes him my favorite podcaster. So, um, yeah, th- thanks to him. Shoutouts to him. But he's he's being his C is being held down by the chat this week, uh, the live uh, studio audience, if you will. Uh, so who do we have with us so far, Brandon? It looks like we got Elizabeth hanging with us as well as Labrat. How you guys doing tonight? Whoop whoop. All right. So it's a little it's a small house. I understand everybody's still over in uh, in England. They're still filing out of Wembley Stadium at this point, um, or being escorted from Wembley Stadium by security, as the case may be. Um, yeah, uh, so we had a quite a quite a packed week of things that happened. Maybe we should work backwards. Um, might be best to talk about this uh, because. Um, the freshest thing on everybody's mind is probably this all-in that just happened um, on Sunday. Um, 
you know, largest paid attendance in wrestling history. Yada, yada. Everybody wants to be the something is something in wrestling history, whether it's, you know, any random Monday Nitro from the 90s being the greatest night in the history of our sport or whatever, whatever the case may be to, you know, largest total paid attendance. So, so everybody knows exactly how many attendances were papered and exactly how many comps and, and everything was, everybody knows this is this is a great event um you know AEW put on all in uh i barely watched it um but uh you know i wasn't impressed uh there weren't too many things to make me do what i do which is pay attention to what's on the screen um when it sounds compelling or interesting uh so while you know most of the work was done before a single um before a single an, a match was announced for the card, like all of the work was basically done. So you can't really say that uh, the event truly lived up um, to the hype. Uh, this could have been any AEW pay-per-view. Um, the, there really wasn't anything special. There were no surprises. If you really believed something like something would happen, like Edge would show up or that they would have you know you know brought in a goldberg or what you know whatever the things were floating around that they could have done or whatever you know they didn't have to because the you know even though they already sold the tickets we still had people trying to purchase this you know obviously you know you you uh you could have put together something we'll see we'll see what the uh the buy rate turned out to be i guess obviously but um and i, it and was, I love I love how like the whole news with Edge when Edge himself came out and said, "I have a contract extension in my inbox." Is either that or retirement, and people just completely glossed right over that. Oh yeah, well yeah, because theoretically, like you know, take take all the human element out of it, but just looking at the technicality, if your contract is up and you have an extension in your inbox, uh, you could show up for a one night payday and then sign your extension and go back to WWE. I mean. There's nothing really stopping you from doing it other than the fact that that's a huge slap in the face. It's uh, a bit controversial. They may decide to renege on their uh, end of the contract thing, or you probably wouldn't even be able to be called Edge uh, if you showed up that day. So, you know, it may not have been the best business decision. And Edge doesn't look like, uh, you know, if that's Edge's shoot house that um, somebody was, who was it that was doing the angle where they showed up at the house? uh i can't even remember now but it was one of the things that he'd done since his since his comeback um where like somebody went to his house and everything well anyway if that's his shoot house uh it looks like he's doing fine and it doesn't any any one night paydays probably would not have swayed him one way or the other um so oh yeah seth rollins seth franklin rollins yeah seth, seth did a home invasion ha <laughs> so um yeah so you know the the big story uh besides everybody that busted their ass and and worked hard to put on uh the all-in event was just the big story coming out of it was another backstage altercation with cm punk which a lot of things don't add up in that um brandon i'm sure you heard all about that uh you may have also heard that um you know ben hameen theorized that this is a work because uh of reasons um i'm not sure about that but i can tell you that the 
um, there's a couple of odd little flags that you can that you could throw up on it. One being just the fact that um, see, like like Jungle Boy Jack Perry uh, doing those comments, like you know, to the camera, in, in when it should be all about him and his moment. I mean, technically, he's on the free portion of the show, but whatever. Um, you know, yeah the, yeah, the fact that he would actually reference it on camera to the camera, that's a red flag. Yeah, that's that's a little bit weird. It's also weird the idea that this would he would get in a trained UFC fighter's face for any reason, like and start a physical altercation. You know, we're talking about Jack Perry. He's a fucking actor's kid. He's not a fighter. He's not, he doesn't look like he's, a, he barely, this is the guy that said, I get, I get scared when it's time to do promos. Like, even if he's, how much, how much personal growth can you have had from the time that he said that publicly to getting into a, <laughs> getting into a fight <laughs> with this guy, like at, at, at a moment when everybody should just be like, you know, if the, if the elite's not even going to get into a fight with CM Punk backstage, but it's going to be you, that's one, that's one flag. The other flag being, um, you know, we seen that collision seems to be like a handpicked roster by CM Punk, which is also like, uh, you know, sort of confirmed soft confirmed from Jr. You know whether he wanted maybe he meant to or or not or whatever but whether he he basically said it um what so i haven't heard that comment what was that um during the during one of his uh one of his uh grilling with jr's with conrad uh they were talking about some stuff and and about collision because jr had started going back and doing the announcing for the main event you know, on that show, whatever, you know, each week they, he'd come out just for the main event to, at the announce table. Um, and then they were talking about that. And he just said, like, JR said, uh, you know, uh, Tony and Punk put together a hell of, hell of a team, hell of a roster there. So, like, I don't know if he meant to <laughs> say it like that or whether he was supposed to or whether it, it didn't matter or whether he didn't know it was supposed to be kayfabed or whatever but he publicly said it and i probably don't think he's mistaken yeah if he, i mean if i know jr gets confused sometimes but he sounded like he kind of you know he offhandedly sounded like he knew what he was talking about so there is that to consider what were you gonna say yeah if you if it's tony and punk putting it together then punk's obviously got an enormous amount of influence and and clearly has tony's ear to some degree right and you look at that roster on collision or the, the you know as if it's totally it's not totally separate but there are guys that they like to have on there and look at the people that they have on there every one of those guys pretty much has been a guy that has said something about you know like they came to his defense uh you know when when the the shit went down so guys like will hobbs prominently featured on collision guys like um ftr prominently feature on collision um so you see that right and then other guys you see get sent home like christopher daniels who's part of talent relations gets sent home because he's an elite stooge or whatever you know these these other things that you're hearing about guys like matt hardy or whatever like you're not needed matt hardy or what, whatever those things are the people that you are known stooges you know for the other camp you know getting getting dismissed however jungle boy 
Jack Perry seemed to be part of Collision, you know, when needed. So he he's been on there. Um, I don't know that kind of that. It seems like if he was not part of the camp, that he wouldn't be on the show. So it's interesting that he would pick that you know he would pick that fight so to speak right like it's just something to think about because people that don't get along with punk aren't on collision for the most part um right and and the fact that he would step to see him punk like that when he should clearly know in, a, in an actual fight for all the shit punk got for his ufc run he'd still drop perry right so it leads to just one or two options either Jack Perry really is that dumb and welcome in Jimmy T. Uh, you know, let us know what you think, Jimmy T. Tell, tell us if we're telling lies, Jimmy T. Um, and uh, so if even it's either he's he really is that dumb, okay, and he just thought, well, it doesn't matter if I get my ass kicked because I'm I'm gonna get, you know, the 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 respect or the credibility or you know i'm gonna stick up for my side of the you know i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna stand against the tyranny of a guy trying to protect me from myself from using real glass in a stunt and possibly hurting myself far worse than i'm already going to probably at some point in my career now i think about it too like that whole thing the whole altercation of him being pissed off not letting him use real glass sounds like in line with what his on-air character would be like mm-hmm mm-hmm right so is he is he so that that's you know the one option is he really is that dumb the other option is has been sort of you know uh posited is that uh they're working the boys like elaborately for some reason I, to to what reason i don't know but it's just something you don't want to dismiss out of hand i guess is is my point uh it's something course. to think about and look at because um you know the my, my only thing against it would be again like you're not really drawing money with that or doing anything interesting with that because the most fans don't really keep up with the stuff to that degree even the smart fans miss a lot of stuff like they don't follow every single wrestler's move online and and know everything about their personal lives or about these backstage you know, he, they're, they're really not as dialed in as all that. Um, some of them are, some of them aren't, um, but not enough to really make a difference. And if you're not trying to make a difference, um, it's not worth doing, right? I don't think working the boys with Jack Perry is that big of a money, right. <laughs> a money what's, thing. The question is, what's the payoff? Right. And so now if the, if the thing is, Jimmy T says they're working the sheets to build for all out since we only have under six days to actually build to anything. Then again, is AEW smart enough to think that way? I mean, they're smart enough to think that way, but I, is it believe, smart yeah. or is it just, is it just aware? Right. Um, that's not going to buy again. That's not going to buy you doing stuff. That's off the screen. You, you, if you're trying to draw money period, um, uh, so if you're trying to draw money period you can't trust that people are looking at things outside of the television product right you have to put it on camera yes so like even if you shoot something like for an internet exclusive 
put it on the show and be like, hey, come and also to promote the Internet or the YouTube channel or whatever social media you're posting it on saying, hey, check this out so you don't miss stuff like this. Right. So I don't know um, that that is kind of, you know, it's just a bunch of silliness. And I I tend to think when it comes to AEW, don't get your hopes up. Don't work yourself. <laughs> It's right. d just expect that it's probably the lamest, simplest excuse. They probably really did get into an argument and he really did get choked up. <laughs> so <laughs> that's probably what it is. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there you go. And Jeff, Dr. Jeff. Hello, Dr. Jeff. Thanks for joining us. He says, are you able to confirm the suspensions and the length? That's not a money angle if Punk is off a Chicago pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, that'd be dumb if you're not having Punk on your Chicago show. Right. And so watch, watch it turn out something like that. But don't worry. You know, we're not going to talk about... We're not going to address... This is what AEW needs to do. If this stuff keeps happening... And I said this back when... I said this back when the first Brawl Out thing happened. If you're going to keep doing this, you have to stop running angles on TV where people are getting horribly half-murdered. Like, you had a thing a couple weeks ago where they showed up and filmed, like, a, a independent student film or whatever uh, at Nick Wayne's house, and they almost, you know, Swerve and A.R. Fox almost killed him and left him in a pool of his own, you know, fake blood or whatever. But we can't talk about a chokeout backstage or... Uh, <laughs> Uh, a, a punch, you know, or a chair throw or a bite. Like we can't talk about these, like the, the slightest of physical altercations backstage. We can't talk about that, but in a kayfabe sense, we could show people getting kidnapped, getting brutally beaten, getting left for dead. You know, like the, the, the those are the things you're telling you're, you're using to sell fake wrestling matches. You're using, you're using crimes to sell wrestling matches. But you're not going to talk about like a guy getting punched or a guy getting choked. You you have to stop doing that. Like if you, um, you know, and, and we'll talk about this more on Impact too. <laughs> uh, but you, but you really have to stop stop doing that. Either acknowledge your real stuff on TV and just blend that in, and you can't be suspending some. You can't be suspending somebody for getting into a scuffle backstage if uh, Swerve and you know, Swerve's Swerve's uh, punishment for home invasion and assault is uh, a match at the biggest, you know, the biggest show you've ever done. That's not the proper, you know, company reaction. You can't suspend Punk and have him miss a hometown pay-per-view. Um, I, I just, I don't know. Uh, you know, you, you get it. Um so that 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 silliness aside um you know so we uh we had a hell of a week last week because we lost two prominent figures um one all-timer and one current uh so um we should definitely talk about that uh i want to say we should start with the current, you know, Wyndham Rotunda, um, supposed heart attack, uh, 36 years old. Yeah. 
it's almost like it's not it didn't really happen it's like no nah, this is another angle right you know you don't nobody just dies at 36 like that so everybody's shocked everybody's sad um, you hear actually that's exactly how the wall died 36 years old just free card attack yeah i mean well i mean there was there may have been some I, I, there uh, there may have been some contributing factors to the wall's heart attack you know um but i don't know uh, regardless it, it doesn't really matter um i, I don't want to come on here and speculate about anything like that i just want to talk about what we do know which is you know that he was uh of course i never met him um but he definitely seemed to have a profound impact on all the people uh like that he met um so you can't deny that that's the most important thing uh it's 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 rare for a person to be universally loved in a in a wrestling business because it's such a stupid weird business um and when you get a guy like that you know they're they are very special and they do mean a lot and I I'm not going to sit here and be a hypocrite because I've always been very critical of the creative aspect of the Bray Wyatt character and how I've never really liked any of it, or I don't like the ideas and regardless of whether they were his or somebody else's or whatever, I just haven't been a fan of the presentation. Of course, that has nothing to do with the person. Um, even though it does have a little to do with the person, but nothing about like what I think of a person, what their, what their worth is or their standing is or anything like that. Those are, I, I try to separate and make that distinction as best I can that the humans behind these things, um, are different than just the presentation. So, um, you know, I have nothing but, you know, respect for the fact that he wanted to do different things even if I didn't agree with them, but he tried and he seemed to be, as long as he was such a great person outside of it, you know, my opinion is very uh, insignificant in that regard. Um, and it's one of those things that I've always said, like, hey, it doesn't, you know, just because that's my feeling, he's obviously getting over to whatever degree. So it's not as important what I think about it. Uh, this is one of those instances where, I'm glad to be wrong if he's getting over and doing doing those things right. But more importantly, he seemed to be getting over as a great human being. And it's a terrible loss for everybody uh, because he was, you know, pretty much currently active and a top a top star. So we don't we don't see that that much where people are kind of struck down in their prime. Yeah, I think the last time somebody actively on the WWE roster passed away, Benoit? Yeah, although that had a whole, you know, yeah. thing surrounding it. So you could go back to Eddie, maybe. Yep, that was, those are the vibes I was feeling like when that came out. It was like I, I went back to that, that day and that Monday in 2005. So it's... Uh... You know, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, well, what do you say? Uh, you, everybody's sad. Everybody's, um, you know, disappointed. Um, but 
uh that it's just you know what, what like i said what what can you say i'm always sort of at a loss for words when things like this happen um i don't usually post on or i don't i don't ever post on social media regarding these type of things you know because and, and it's not not just to not to uh you know how do i say it this and it's not a judgment on anybody else uh and what they do when they you know when they express their feelings or things like that but i feel just personally i feel like it's not i don't want to say like hey here's what i think about so and so I, I don't need people to know what i think or feel about those things i let everybody deal with it how they want and they can you know have their tributes and their memories and their their things like that and i feel like i'm i feel like i'm saying you know uh me too over here and i don't want to do that so i always sit out of those type of things um but it's really hard to like uh I, i'm kind of the same way where it's like i don't want to feel like i'm just kind of be like trying to gain attention off of somebody else's tragedy but at the same time it's like you want to kind of pay that respect and honor them right so that's why i say you know whatever you feel is right um there's no there's no handbook for how to deal with these things but that's why just telling you guys that's why you don't see anything from me uh regarding those things when those things happen um it's not that i don't care it's just that i don't care to you know wave a flag for myself uh during that time so uh any other thoughts on uh Wyndham rotunda or uh bray wyatt anything that you want to say man it's he touched a lot of lives he clearly touched a lot of lives and and his law and losing him is is uh leaving a lot of holes in people's hearts yeah uh i was always i always enjoyed him every time he came on screen he stood out to me more than really anybody else on that show he was special there was something there that nobody else had and i honestly believe that the world is a is less of a place without him in it he really was a contributor yeah i suppose and I, that's and i feel you know the worst obviously for his fiance and his kids because you know now they have to deal with not having you know the the fiance or their dad there yeah, that's the worst part. That's the worst part. Uh, well, um, I mean, uh, I'm quite sure based on past, uh, you know, circumstances that those kids and JoJo will never have to worry about anything ever again. Like, uh, as far as like, you know being taken care of you know the wwe family will i'm sure will always make sure that they have everything that they need uh so 
the only thing we have to worry for them is, you know, just their, you know, their hearts and their feelings right now. But, um, so there's that. Uh, yes, you were right. Um, he touched a lot of people. So, uh, that would sort of naturally transition if we're talking about, you know, being such a, such a great influence, inspiration, um, whatever you want to talk about that, then you have to talk about Terry Funk. Um, Terry was, if you really think about it, if you're honest about it and you're knowledgeable enough, there aren't a lot of people who had more of a single handed impact, you know, no pun intended, really not, um, on what we have today as the wrestling business. Like there are people who have contributed a lot like Bray Wyatt or whatever, and, and made a mark in their short time, but there aren't going to be you're not going to find it's going to be an extremely short list of people that were as influential or as important uh even for better or worse in some cases than terry funk even amongst the funk family like you know father brother um terry still like stood out above and beyond and had such a massive influence on everything that we're seeing right now um, and everything at the current time there's so many times you can go back and point to something that he did that is being imitated you know uh, or or is a direct result even if people are doing it and they don't even realize they're doing it because it was so long ago um, but yeah, there's no, there's, there's hardly anybody, you know, to put it, to put it in perspective, right? Like, like take like a Hulk Hogan, right? That, that's a person that, uh, people think of when they talk about like famous wrestlers or, you know, influential wrestlers or, or, or things like that. Right. But, you know, when we look at, you know, we look at what Hulk Hogan has done. A lot of it has been, you know, taking, you know, like he took what was given to him and he kept taking it. It was, uh, you know, how many stories are there of Hulk Hogan giving that hand up and helping somebody? How many stories are there are him saying that doesn't work for me, brother, or that's, that's become a thing now that people say, you know, and, and it's a reference to Hulk Hogan and how selfish that he could be at times, you know, when it comes to, uh, the wrestling business. Right. Um, and it got him, you know, worldwide notoriety, fame, you know, acclaim and all that other stuff. Um, and then you have Terry Funk, which is the opposite of that, who has like never, you know, He's never hesitated to help somebody, no matter how big or small or whatever they were in the business or where their relationship is into him or even, 
going to places like Japan and becoming huge over there to a whole other group of people, uh, maybe even more so more beloved than in the United States, other than maybe Texas. But going over there, being that thing and, and influencing so many people and things over there, you know, like, uh, you know, the, the, the Kaneko man or muscle character, his name is Terry man, <laughs> you know, like that, that that's based on him. That's how big of a, that's how big of a, 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 a splash he makes over there. Um, so many things and so many people and so many stories of Terry Funk being selfless and giving back and trying to do things. Um, while still reaching the heights of, you know, whether it's NWA champion back when that was a thing, like, you know, an important thing, you know, uh, or like, and even in the modern sort of sense, if you thought that if you're a WWF fan and you thought that's the pinnacle of it and being on Saturday night's main event and being in a main event against Hulk Hogan, you know, at that company, you know, being, being on top everywhere you went, working everywhere, making ECW actually, uh, uh, not a, if not a household name, then just as certainly putting them on the map, you know, as, as like, Hey, this is, this is legitimate because Terry Funk is here. This isn't just some guys goofing around on the East coast this is Terry Funk is over here doing this stuff. So, you know, Terry was just, a. uh, uh a massive influence and a lot of the shit that we're seeing like if i'm seeing if i'm if i'm watching you know some some match on impact like a garbage match or whatever and they're hitting people with stuff or whatever these guys are trying to have the kind of matches that it's like a pale imitation of matches that terry funk was having whether it was in you know one of those japanese deathmatch promotions or whether it's in, you know or like with fmw uh, with Onita or whether it's, you know, an empty arena match with Jerry Lawler where, you know, you're, you're doing that kind of thing. The first is that, is that a, could that be considered a cinematic match, you know, like in, in its own way? Hmm. Um, you know, the, there's so many things that Terry's been a part of that I'm probably not even, cause I'm, I don't have notes here. I, I'm just doing this completely off the top of the dome, trying to remember Terry Funk and i'm sure i'm forgetting a lot of things but man can you think of anybody that had more of you know in five decades that that had more of a, a single-handed influence like just and just being a wrestler you know it's not it's not like terry funk was uh you know like an owner or promoter like i'm sure he has promoted shows or whatever but it was not you know it, it doesn't matter every era every company there there was there was terry funk for for a large portion of it like right up pretty much um almost to the end like i think he had another match in 2017. so it's like you know can, can you think of how many people can you think of that you know had a greater had a greater influence than him Man, the only the only other name that comes to mind is maybe Luthez. Yeah, I mean, I think so because you know Luthez put legitimacy on professional wrestling for so long when everybody was saying it wasn't legitimate, you know. And he did it into his seventies. Yep. 
but I don't know that Luthez was all about protecting, you know, the business, right? To the degree that he wouldn't even work a show if it had women or midgets on it, like at all, like, and so he was very much about that. And Terry, you know, was always like, you, he wasn't as, as you've heard probably people say by now, cause it's, it's been several days now. So you've probably heard lots of people talking about him, but he wasn't that guy that even, you know, it's like back in my day, we didn't do it like this kid, you know, his, his thing was more like, okay, this is what we're doing. All right. Well, I'm going to do it like this too. And I'm going to do it my way. And I'm going to do it in a way that makes it better and makes sense. You know, taking everything that you've applied. Um, he adapts. That's right. And again, you could say for better or worse, because by him doing those crazy things that he did and having those crazy matches that made everybody say, well, I want to have these matches. I want to, I want to wrap myself in barbed wire. I want to explode. I want to, you know, like, I want to take bumps and off things or what, like him doing that ultimately is bad for, for wrestling, you know, but it's not, he was, you know, just living in his own moment. It, it wasn't, I'm sure he wasn't thinking about the long-term ramifications of doing that. Um, but so, I mean, just so for, forget all, like even forget all that. Let's, let's forget it for a second. Don't forget it entirely, but just, just for a moment, let's forget it. Let's forget about talking about how influential and how the big scope of, of, of his influence was. Let's just talk about Terry Funk as a talent. Um, if Terry Funk is is not in at, at least your top five, as far as like guys who did the job, like, you know, as, as a worker, like if you're, if you're grading them at like, how good were you at being a pro wrestler, you know, like total from top to bottom, you know, including look presentation skills you know what whatever whatever it is about being a professional wrestler like if terry funk's not in your top five all time i don't have time to talk to you you don't know enough you're too young or you only watch like wwf like th there's you cannot have him in that like even before and and let me make this clear i even even at my current level now in terms of knowledge and level of expertise i'm looking at a guy like terry looking at his career in total and being like man i even i don't fully grasp just how huge and 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 great this man was like i i can't quite wrap my head around it because a lot of it was before i was even born like he was already putting the hall of fame together a hall of fame career together before i was born and then after i was born he had another hall of fame career so you know pre and post vet uh terry funk was having hall of fame careers right so even i but i can't even so i can't even wrap my head around it um but even that, even knowing that, even when I was just a mark and I hadn't even stepped foot in a ring or even thought about it, if I was putting together like an all-time list or whatever, I'd be like, well, I got to put Terry Funk on there. 
it's got it, it's got to be like you know in whatever order you know like michael's heart flair and then you got to put terry funk like right th that should be the next person that you think of as far as how good they were like just how good they were at the job you know whether it's actually wrestling you have a match as a baby face just wrestling doing technical wrestling and things whether it's being a heel and beating people up intimidating people you know getting heat knowing how to get heat everywhere you go with whoever you're out there in front of um or knowing how to turn them and make them have sympathy for you like uh so, so many so many things and so many times he's been in positions where i know that if you put the test you know if you if, if you put the test on one of these current guys or whatever they would fail the test like it's like you know go go <laughs> go go out there and get this get this kid over in your hometown <laughs> you know like like how many people could do that you know what i mean like if you told him today it's like i know all these people love you but we need you to get some heat and get this guy over like who's going to be able to do that now you know but i bet you terry could you know like that that right there but just the stuff he did was so good you know people talk about the punches but everything else the selling um the promos like being able to you know when you had to talk people into the building or things like that just just doing those promos and stuff he was so good so like so amazing if you haven't watched terry funk promos watch a bunch of terry funk promos please like please watch those um you know watch the matches there's nothing you can really see this bad uh just the abs absolute oh yeah and that you you also for, forget the fact of uh all that stuff he was also you know in those iconic movies like roadhouse or over the top or uh what's that other one he was in paradise alley you know like way 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 before the big wrestling boom he was in a movie about wrestling with sylvester stallone um so yeah man terry was uh, severely underrated like severely underrated um even though everybody thinks he's great and just a lot of people assume that because you're old and you're a legend that you must have been great but they don't really know like they didn't really look you know like go look go look see how right you are even if you believe that but i still think no matter how big a fan of 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 terry's you were um you still don't know how good he was so you know go re go relive that and then apply that to today and see how how the things they're taking they're not quite getting it some of them aren't quite getting it right but look how big of an influence he still has um brandon what was your do you if you remember your first like sort of introduction to terry funk or any of the early times when you may have seen him i i didn't really start knowing who he was until later on in my wrestling fandom and i got to like start reading the internet and or get on the internet and start reading about stuff that he did and I uh, and Chainsaw Charlie was more of a footnote at that point. So luckily, I got to didn't really see that and didn't remember him as that. Mm -hmm. Just the uh, his contributions and everything. The first thing I really remember 
uh, learning about him was what he contributed to ECW and how important he was to that promotion's growth. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I ended up uh, becoming friends with guys who were very inspired by him, and a lot, they did a lot of their work from what uh, they learned from watching him and just his whole outlook on the business. Yeah, it seemed though it seemed as though, you know, the people that that knew him always said he was willing to to help um would to pay it forward, you know, to to keep the things alive. And the things that sad is even though Terry's been out of the game pretty much like in in terms of being around it full time and and you know, traveling around and, you know, being a part of it um like even though even though we haven't seen him in a while uh his influence is still felt even you know even to this day like if you the, the people that are still talking about it like when Stevie Richards did a tribute video talking about you know what Terry meant to him and and how he helped a guy like him who at that time, you know, not a top guy, you know. Um, so, um, but yeah, like there, there, there would be, there would be th those, those people that you wouldn't necessarily want to, like you'd want to get advice from or ask advice from, you know, but you also didn't know what you were going to get. Like that was always a constant issue like when i'd see people who were i was like oh i could i could learn a lot from this person but i'd be sort of afraid to approach him because i wouldn't know what i was going to get right like i wasn't i wasn't gonna, didn't know if i was going to get somebody that was cool or if i was going to get uh you know get this mark out of my face type thing um so you know that that, that seemed to never be the case for terry he always seemed to have time for people he always wanted to uh pass on that knowledge and that's one more person gone like i was saying when you you've had even though he hasn't been in the game and around it for a while but he's like that's one more person gone that we're not going to get back like there's not going to be anymore no one's going to be good enough to be a terry funk to to help this forward and that's why the business is slowly going to die like the more people like terry that we lose even though he's tried to pass on the knowledge but there's he's there's still no terry funk you know you're you you always have the hope that when you help somebody they will surpass you one day i mean that's how you should feel if you're helping somebody and giving them advice you want them to be better than you so we're not going to get that and we're just you know we're seeing it now the last of the old generation they're passing um and eventually some of this knowledge will pass with them so it's up to everybody who learned anything to continue trying to pay that forward um that's what terry did and that's what he would have done and that's what he would have wanted but anyway that is a uh, very unfortunate, um, but he did, you know, about 80 years old, 
lived a full life, lived an amazing life, lived, <laughs> lived enough for several people's lives. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, a the, a, a, a giant, an absolute giant. If you're talking about wrestling history, um, should be on everybody's Mount Rushmore, you know, can't, can't be overstated. You can't over, you can't overrate Terry Funk. He's definitely underrated, even as great as everybody thinks he is, but there's, it's impossible to overrate him. Um, and fuck, even we're talking about CM Punk or whatever. And he did that spot in his match, uh, with Samoa Joe, where he, like he was stagger around when Joe was jabbing him, he was staggering around like Funk would have staggered around and he put himself in the rope and did that seesaw spot, like where, where Joe would punch him and Punk would fall down and hold on to the top rope, pull himself back up, you know, like. He, he, he paid his, he paid his tributes. Everybody want to talk about the, you know, the John Cena and the Hulk Hogan and shit, but he, he did the funk one too. So, so there you have it. That's Terry Funk. Any final thoughts on that or. Uh, other than the wrestling world lost one of its greatest and most experienced minds that hopefully he enough people retained what he taught and are passing it down to the next generation. Yep. Jimmy T says, Vet, we're fucking losing all the ones that cared about the business and cared about the kids coming through. Unlike today's fools who don't want to listen to no vets, wrestling looked grim in the future. Yep. Yeah, the future looks like Hangman Pages and Jack Perry's. That's not really that tight to me. Speaking of not tight, speaking of not thinking about the future, speaking of, uh, you know, um, today's fools let's talk about impact all right we got the go home for emergence um and like i was telling you brandon just right before we came on here after this week that we've had the week that i've had you know forget about forget about um me you know we, we, we're talking about people you know a legend passing and you know, a family losing their father and everything like that. Don't even worry about me, but I didn't have a great week either. Uh, but, uh, but nothing compared to that. And then I hear the results of impact and I'm just like, fuck, I got to talk about this shit. Like who cares? So let's just run through this kind of, yeah. um, let's, let's, if you have a punching up impact, let's, let's do a super, let's do a super catch up next week. Yeah, I've actually been wanting to do a um, a uh, three. Actually, like completely do the three week lead up, like and build to a different emergence than what we saw. Than what we saw. Okay, let's do that. Um, because I'm sure we're not gonna have shit to talk about next week. Uh, I'm sure of that. All right, so cold open, which we don't normally get. It's PCO and Sing and Shira's out there. I don't know if this was supposed to be a match or what. Um, but while he's beating the shit out of them single-handedly, uh, a, a movie starring Bully Ray pops up on the screen and then PCO runs off after the, you know, up the ramp. I like the idea of starting cold and having it like carry over from the finish to BTI. This just was not the right angle and right characters to do it with. Yeah. Ain't nobody watching that shit live. Kidding me? No. 
Who's, who's watching BTI and is like, all right, Impact's next. What a sad existence that must be. Um, but we do get our intro. We do get our We Own the Night, after all. Uh, we also get treated to uh, Trinity versus Jody Threat. Jesus Christ. Um, that was mercifully not that long, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was a pretty um, short match. All right, we get a Jake something video. We get a recap of the stuff that uh, happened in Multiverse of Madness, which I happened to pop in last week and provide at the very end of the Impact Attack, so you guys already knew that. Uh, Josh Alexander with Gia, no music underneath. He's being generic. Uh, Cody Diener versus Laredo Kid for some reason. Um, he cuts a promo on Eric Young afterwards and challenges him at emergence, and he says the words, no dq like anybody gives a fuck or like wrestling has any matches that are basically not no dq anymore this would have actually been a better spot to do a cinematic match with like just have them brawl at that pr at that prison right or don't that'd be good <laughs> um we get a uh a video a, a, a digital media championship video with johnny swinger that's done in the style of um, 90s internet, I guess we could say. Yeah, like the old AOL pop-ups. Yeah, it's it's like have you seen have you ever seen that game? Has anybody seen that game Hypnospace Outlaw? No. All right. Well, if you Google that and then think of this video, you will find it very funny. Um. So yeah. All right. Uh, Gia tries to get a word with PCO. Um. I hope the word was bully, because that's what you got from PCO. <laughs> bully! Uh, yeah, that's great. It's good. Uh, ABC has a match with the good hands. I just wrote, it took too long. Yeah. Then these guys go on a long championship tag team run, and they're, they're actually struggling with these fucking idiots. Right. This, this should have been, been squash. Again, yeah, and I liked the heat that they did, but again, this should have been a way more compact match. They should have had like a Either maybe a couple minutes of heat, ABC come back and beat him quick. Right. And just, just again to clarify, because I want to make this point, because I mentioned it earlier when we were talking about Bray Wyatt and stuff. Like, John Schuyler and Jason Hotch, I don't have no problem with those dudes. I don't know them. I don't care. It has nothing to do with them. Anybody you put in this spot where you're, you're a... a a job tag team that actually exposes the business with its lingo and its mannerisms and just the whole concept of it. Uh, like, I don't, I don't care who it, who it is. I don't care if it's Moose and Joe Hendry as a tag team and you call them the good hands and they're doing the little handshake and shit like that. I'm going to have a problem with it. So it's not about those guys. Um, even though they do have the top to bottom uniform of the indie worker, you know, uh, the carrot, the Pidgey, Pidgeotto haircut and the beard and the fucking belt with tights and the kick pads. And, you know, even though they have that, that, you know, the checklist, uh, I don't have a problem with those guys, but I do have a problem with them going that long with ABC. It wasn't even that, that long, but it was too long. It went through commercial breaks. That's long enough. Yep. And speaking of the, Speaking of the fucking indie starter kit, uh, Subculture does a vignette, and then uh, we get a trailer for Joe Hendry and Yuya Uemura, uh, which will preview some things to come. 
I I like probably just a pay per view uh, spot. I like what they're doing with with these two. Like they kind of tease it was going to be a turn, or now it's kind of like okay, now we don't really know. The only problem with this is they're kind of doing something similar with this on AEW with MJF and Cole. Yes. Kind of similar, but it's not the same. Just like yeah, are like the whole are they aren't they thing? Yeah, that's what's similar, but the actual build up and the story itself is different. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, at first glance you will not confuse these two angles. Yeah, just the um, whole, just the whole like the the foundation is kind of the same of like are they or aren't they on the same page? Other than that, it's totally different. Right. Well, we'll talk about that a little bit more. This was just a little trailer here, um, but it also could have just been a, a you know like I said, it could have been an emergence promo because we saw similar stuff like this. Um, then we get Samurai Del Sol finally gets to make his debut against Goldberg 98. Um, the outcome, of course, is inevitable, and I'm not talking about Ace Austin. So, great debut. Any thoughts on uh, Samurai Del Sol? I mean, why is he doing the same character that he did in WWE? Like, that's, That was my big takeaway. Like, he's still doing the whole Lucha chance. It's, it's what he's got. Um, so Crazy Steve goes full-blown angle. So take all that stuff he said last week and throw it in the garbage. Because it's fake. I mean, it really happened, but... You know, we're not doing anything real with it. We're just... We're just doing the thing that uh, Mick Foley did with Jim Ross 25 years ago. What was that shit he was uh, like spitting up on him too? That was what took me out of it. Was like he started spitting the stuff up. That was like okay, this is fake and stupid. He's like, last week he says, "I'm not crazy," and then this week he's like, "I'm crazy." All right, it's fine. It, it's, I mean, I knew this was going to happen. I don't know if you knew it was going to happen or if Ams knew it was going to happen, but I knew it was going to happen. Like, I could tell just by the way he's even telling real stories about his life that he's doing it in a wrestler voice. So I just knew they were going to turn it into this, and there's nowhere to go for it either. So, but anyway, go ahead. I totally forgot where I was going. Oh, good. But yeah, but that, it's, and I remember, oh. it seemed like he was kind of like, losing it as it was progressing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of losing it, we get a MK Ultra vignette. Uh, they're going to have a four-way experiment. Sounds pretty sexy, but somehow I don't think it will be. Um, PCO searches a hotel with music underneath. Uh, Alex Shelley versus Brian Myers is your main event. And if you thought I watched one minute of this you're out of your fucking mind i skipped like normally i'll leave the stuff playing even if i get distracted by other things so i can like listen to the announcers or kind of get a feel like see the peripheral vision i can feel the match or whatever i just took the slider and moved it to the end so i could see all right i bet moose is going to do a run-in so let me other than that if i didn't know moose was going to do a run-in i would have just clicked it off right there I am not watching a main event with Alex Shelley and uh, Brian Myers. Are you kidding? Like, seriously, are you kidding? I will give them credit. The whole thing with PCO, like looking for bully, that at least explained why PCO didn't run in at the end because he was out of the building. So 
at least they did something with that and explained that. That's right. Then when you completely overcook and burn the steak, as long as you have a nice little sprig of parsley on there to, you know, really uh, up the presentation, it's, it's all good. Hey, that one um, bite right in the center that's nice and pink. <laughs> if you can just get one bite, that's basically a metaphor for watching Impact. If there's one non-burnt, not cold bite of food on your plate, then it's considered a good episode. Anyway, so yeah, there was a run-in in a schmoz. Uh, Leo rushed down uh, Chris Saban backstage. I don't know what he must have done to do that. Probably hit him with a Hummer or something. Cattle um, prod. Cattle prod. Yeah, that's that's what it was. <laughs> all, he, all he had was his title belt. So, I don't know. Maybe he electrified it somehow. All right. So, that was that episode. It sucked. Then we get Emergence. Um, did you watch Emergence, Brandon? Uh, most of them. Currently, I, I did not make it through the Jake something Sonata match. That's right. Oh, that's where you left off? Okay. Yeah. I, I had trouble uh, keeping my... Um, food down on that one too uh not that match but this card uh, on the countdown show had uh alan angels versus bailey mike bailey that's not gonna get anybody to buy it and then we had the good hands um versus uh joya and if you're not familiar with what joya is um then that is the combination of joe and yuya they've got a brand new song and dance routine and matching gear and a team name and they beat the good hands i i'm watching this whole thing with yuya and hendry i'm just like in, in five to ten years we're gonna be talking about talking about yuya like we're talking about okada <laughs> well even this is better than what they did with okada so i mean perhaps this can catapult him in even greater superstardom when you think about but, too, uh, Sonata, so. he, where he was there 10 years ago, where he's at now. Yeah, they actually pushed him. Um, all right, so any other thoughts on that uh, whole debacle? The only thing that makes it worth it is uh, Joe Hendry and the combination of him and you, you Amura. I, I, I like their combination. I think they play off each other very well. I agree. Although Yuya is confused. I'm not telling you he looks confused. I'm just telling you he is confused. I can see it. All right. We get a 10-bell salute uh, for our fallen heroes. Um, we get the intro of the pay-per-view. And then we go into Diener Young with a garbage match. And it is literally a garbage match. This is the match where they're like, Eric Young's like, Okay, you killed me with a knife, so here I come with a trash can lid and a cookie sheet and what the hell, a staple gun. But I'm only going to staple you in between the fingers and under the armpit because that's what you did to me two minutes ago. So, so bad. They could have at least done some Terry Funk spots in there. They probably thought they were. I, I, what, what can you even say? Let's just move on. It's not even worth dignifying. Uh, Joya is with Gia. No music underneath. They try to get their gimmick over. Um, 
Okay, earlier today, earlier today, not that they showed it on the countdown or anything, but it's still, we know it was earlier today. They didn't want to inform us of this before the pay-per-view, but earlier today, uh, Dr. Cadaver uh, told Santino that, uh, you know, Taylor is having a seat in the hallway, can't compete in her match tonight. So I assume she suffered some sort of shoot interview or I mean, shoot interview, shoot injury. Uh, and uh, they just had to write her out of this. So the best they could do is have the bald guy throw on the lab coat again. And she's just replacing the match, I guess. I think they insinuated somebody or the story is that somebody attacked her yeah. and their point and the uh, Coven's pointing the finger at Jody threat. Who just happened to be there for whatever reason. Yeah. Like that, yeah, that was that was a really poorly put together scene. And of course, with their whole like, when somebody gets jumped in the back, they their cell is, oh, ow, ooh, ah. Yep. Yeah, everybody's on. Everybody's sitting on a floor or on a trainer's table, grabbing some body part. It's great. It's so it's it's just so real, man. It's it's real. Um. So. uh but yeah, Jerome, a knife. It wasn't a knife fight per se. It was. Uh, we're talking about the time when Eric Young was stabbed to death. You remember that when they stabbed him and left him for dead? Oh yeah, I'm. I'm uh, I forgot if it was on the on a emergence or the impact before. But yeah, like Diener pretty much flat out said he stabbed Eric Young right in the heart. In the heart. Like, okay, isn't that like a videotape confession? Of course. But we also had the videotape crime. So it's fine. We, we don't worry about that. Your only punishment in wrestling for committing crimes is being in a match. A no and, DQ match. Yeah. Even if you told me, like, <laughs> I can't believe I'm about to say what I'm about to say. Even if you told me that these guys had to work for free because they did something wrong. Like, hey, we're holding back your pay for this, but you still got to have the match. Like, even that would be something. But you're not acknowledging in any way. Bully Ray is coming on TV and being like, I set this man on fire. You, like, yeah, we saw it. But you're also, you're also saying that as a way to, like, complain that you have to be in a match with him. It's like, you're lucky you're not in jail. I don't understand why, like, why do we allow this to continue? Um, but anyway, speaking of why do we allow this to continue, the four-way match, uh, the Death Dolls versus uh, Sean Evans versus Kylan and Jody Threat uh, versus MK MKUltra. Um, MK uh, pins Rush with a double pile driver, which has to be a sex thing. Um, but just, uh, it doesn't even, based on what I just said, talking about crimes and everything, like, and how shitty wrestling is, um, it shouldn't even, I shouldn't even have to say this cause who cares? But like the ref cannot count the pin. If both people are pinning the person, one has that's to be out of the not, ring. Yeah. That's not a legal pin. Right. You're like why wouldn't every tag team do that? If that was the rules, like. Why would anybody settle for just one body? 
Yeah, tornado tag, sh tornado match, sure, because both they're both legal. Yeah, but see by that logic, okay. If you're so, god damn it, have to educate people on wrestling here. This is for you, Funker. Okay, if you are, if you're in that situation where it's totally fine that two guys lay across the top of another person for a pinfall, even in a situation where it would be a tornado tag or or no rules or whatever the case, then if someone's getting pinned and a partner comes and like hits them on the back, then that doesn't matter. If their shoulder is down, that's a three count. It doesn't yep. matter if somebody touches you. You know, if that's the case, if we're playing that way, then the whole idea is you look at it like, look at everything like pin breakups or uh, rope breaks or things. Look at it in sports as if it's out of bounds. If you step out of bounds in basketball, you do not get to come back in and take the shot. You stepped out of bounds, play is stopped, the clock is stopped, and you have to inbound the ball with the other team. If you step out of bounds in football, you do not get to just come back in and continue running toward the end zone. You must take it from the spot where you stepped out of bounds, and so on and so forth. You cannot run out of the base path in baseball and just, like... Oh, the guy's going to tag me. Let me just run to the outfield real quick and then juke him out. No, you have to stay on the base path. The same thing with wrestling. You're in those ropes. Those are the rules. If a guy is pinning you and another person comes in to interfere with that pin in any way, shape, or fashion, the pin doesn't count. It's not a legal one, two, three. It doesn't matter if it's you or the other guy. So if we're playing a game where you can just stack as many people on top of one guy as you want to keep him down then you can't break up a pin just by hitting a guy either it's off the table but whatever we already we're filming eric young getting stabbed in the heart it doesn't matter anymore you've ruined everything okay i'm done <laughs> tell us how you really feel well, i'm not i'm not happy about it brandon <laughs> uh we got another swinger hypnospace outlaw video um, then, uh, swingers with Gia, no music underneath. He almost cuts a serious promo here. Um, almost like for something she said, triggered him. And he, he did like, he did like the eighties promo that he would be doing. If you were doing this gimmick and you were trying to actually do it right. Like instead of again, exposing and making fun of a wrestling business, if you were doing a gimmick where you're stuck in the past and you cut an eighties baby face wrestling promo, that's what this would have sounded like. So we got a glimpse of what the character of Swinger might have been, uh, but instead, you know, it's just it just doesn't fit with his character. So uh, he has a match against Kenny King for the Digital Media Championship. Uh, he decided to actually have a real match this time, um, but not even a wake-up call from Heath could uh, help him enough to win the championship. So Kenny hit the Royal Flesh, and Swinger rightly loses. And then here's a funny thing. Uh, security and Tommy Dreamer come out to stop a further beatdown on Johnny Swinger. Uh, and then Dreamer gets attacked by Kenny and Sheldon or whatever. So, ooh, there's an angle. Dreamer and King. Um, the good guy team does a promo. Um, we get a package and then we get subculture versus rascals. 
And I'll refer you to my earlier sentiment. If you thought I was watching this for a second, uh, I don't think these guys, I, I thought, I thought of this while I was, um, actively not watching this match. I don't think that these guys are capable, these four individuals in any combination. I don't think they're capable of having a match that I would like. I don't think they can do it. Like, I really don't think it's possible. Like, if in this fantasy scenario where I'm, you know, like sitting in some, like, uh, you know, a, a, a high throne, you know, with my arms crossed saying, entertain me, fools. And then they're out there having a match and I say, no, not that one. Do it again. You know, and then they have a different match. Like, I don't think they can come up with a permutation of a match that I would enjoy. I think they would just do whatever they do the moves that they do and the order that they like to do them. And that would just be it. I, I don't think they're, I don't think they're actually capable of it. And Hey, that's just me. That's just my opinion. Uh, some people probably actually watch this match and some of them might've liked it, but I've seen enough of these guys for years. I've seen the rascals since they were originally the rascals in a trio. I seen these guys in NXT UK I've seen Mark Andrews when he was in TNA, probably with the Rascals and Rockstar Spud. Like, I remember those guys. Like, I've seen you guys for like 10 years. I know what you're going to do. You cannot have a match that I like. You just can't do it. So it's not for me. Uh, was it for you, Brandon? Did you? No? No, it's felt like another one of those indie spot fests where it's like, get your shit in and somebody goes over in the end. Yep, and that was the Rascals. So, hey, after some shenanigans, uh, we have new champions. What were the shenanigans again? Didn't somebody run out or something? Or... Yeah, uh, they... the Rascals used the spray paint. ABC ran out to distract the ref because, or to point out the ref that's what they were doing. Good Hands ran out to counteract ABC, and Danny Luna took out both members of the Good Hands from a dive off the top to the outside. Yeah, I remember that. Hmm. Way to completely way to bury those guys even further. Yeah, they're used to it by now. All right, new champs. Uh, have the Rascals ever been tag team champions before? I do not believe so. Oh, huh. Anyway, uh, then the bad guys do a promo. Um, Leo's added to the group text. Uh, Moose unites the scumbags. Uh, so there you go. Um, as I was watching this, I was thinking, how sad is it? You know, Moose had basically last week, Moose showcased that he could have the complete opposite of subculture and the rascals. He had what I would consider to be basically in all things considered and in the context of what it was a perfect match. Like Moose had a perfect modern match with uh, uh, um, Jason, Kevin Knight. Kevin Knight, yeah. I want keep want to uh, say keep want to say Jason Knight. <laughs> Please don't go, girl. Um, so, uh, basically. Moose had a perfect match and he looked great doing it, but he's like an afterthought in this sort of group of guys, which I know is only temporary, 
but the fact that he is that he would ever be here is so far away from where he needs to be in the company. He should not be, you know, the fourth guy in a group of guys. He should unless, be the unless, guy. Unless he's the leader, yeah. He shouldn't even be the leader of a group. Because his character, for how many months, was all about working alone. Remember all those promos he cut about how he doesn't trust anybody and he doesn't want to work with anybody and they always would try to put him in there with people whether it's morrissey whether it's myers whether it's whoever they always have him teaming up with somebody even though his character is explicitly stating that he works alone so i you're you're killing his character and in even by what he wants to get over i think they they didn't do enough, but I think they were trying to kind of at least build to where he's kind of start, whereas as much as he'd prefer to work alone, he sees the value. He's starting to see the value in having allies, not friends, right. but allies, but which again, but they needed to get that across better. Well, I, I get it. I mean, I understand it, but that's more like trying to explain it away rather than to develop the character. Exactly. Yes. There wasn't really any development. It's just like, okay, we're, this is where it's, what it is now. Right. I don't want to see that character. I want to see the character he's trying to be, you know, that's what I want to see. Anyway, um, Deanna and Trinity ready up. Uh, then we get the back to school match. Oh my fucking God. So this is cinematic. Um, but we can kind of hear the crowd <laughs> at least at first. And the fact that they actually, you know, fixed the issue so you couldn't hear the crowd during the match anymore uh, means that it probably wasn't intentional in the first place. So another audio issue there. Um, yeah, so, you know, they go to Killer Kowalski's school. They have a song. I actually used Soundhound to see if this was even a song that would show up on Soundhound, and it did, but uh, it's nobody I've ever heard of. Uh, so I... I don't know if it's licensed music because I don't know if these guys have a license to make music, but they showed up on a, a search. So, okay. Uh, the, yeah. So a cinematic, a cinematic match. Um, I'm not going to even, again, I'm not going to even bother to say how this could have worked. They don't deserve it. I'll just point out things like this. So they're in the wrestling school and there's like two rings and they fight outside the ring and the ref keeps telling him get in the ring but he never counts so it's not like what so are they does it not is it not matter if they're outside the ring because you're not counting to 10 um you're just telling them to get in the ring and they're just fighting outside for however long they want um and then by the way which ring do they get back in like does it not count if they go into a different ring than they started like Let's not think about that. Um, so anyway, finally, uh, Lish comes in. Uh, we don't see her come in, even though this is a cinematic match and they could like just film her coming in the door. Uh, she just shows up at ringside, you know, like yelling at, uh, yelling at Kaz. And then, um, that distracts him long enough to get the Boston knee party. And, uh, Eddie wins. And then they, uh, they start playing that song again, <laughs> that possibly licensed song. Uh, 
And then as soon as that, you know, as, as Kaz is walking out and then uh, Lish hits him with uh, either Kenny or Kendra. I wasn't quite sure. I think it was Kenny. Uh, and then the music just cuts off. Like the only, the, why not just put the record scratch in since everything else you do is so fucking fake. Why don't you just, yeah, why not? Why not just go the whole nine with your shitty, uh, cinematic match and put the record scratch in. Um, anyway, she hits him and the music stops and then they, uh, you know, fat Eddie breaks a picture of killer kowalski on his face while there's like a voiceover killer kowalski playing and they just leave kaz lying in a pile of broken glass on the floor of the school while they play that song and then it's like wow uh heels up i guess shit like this is not very um this doesn't leave your baby face in a good light did did kazarian piss somebody off did somebody at Impact send like a submission to the Juicy Frankie Seal and they gave it a thumbs down? Like, why did, as Jim Cornette would say, why didn't you just piss in his mouth while he was down there? He lost the match, got beat up by the guy's wife, and got a picture of his mentor broken over his face, and just yeah. left laying there as the as the hero. Unless they're uh, building to a big baby face comeback where he comes over in the end, that whole thing did not make any sense at all. What are they going to do to top this that he comes exactly. back from? He's exactly. dead. You fucking killed him. You fucking killed Frankie Kazarian. You should have stayed in AEW, buddy. You could have got choked out by CM Punk. No, you probably wouldn't have got choked out by CM Punk because you're not as dumb as Jack Perry. At least I don't think so until you agreed to do this. Fuck. God damn it. I like Frankie Kazarian, I guess. I would never want to watch any of his matches, really, if I didn't have to, but fuck. He don't deserve this. All right. Uh, what did you think of this whole mess? It seemed more like it. this whole thing was just like a cinematic video, and the match was a part of it. Like, if you really, like, take the entire thing, the match was just, like, maybe a third of this whole thing. Yeah, it's clear from this and the Eric Young video that somebody that's working at Impact really did have... They, they felt like they had a calling as a, as a movie director, and nobody will hire them. And nobody's going to hire you after they see these. Like, I would be embarrassed, like, if I was trying to put together a video resume... I'll be embarrassed to show these to people. Like you, you, they'd be like, what am I watching right now? What? Imagine, imagine trying to hire a, a guy as like a director of photography or something like that. And they're watching this and they're, they're going to be like, you think they care where you put the camera or how you did anything? They're just going to be like, what am I watching? Fuck this. They're going to turn that shit off, bro. They're not even going to give you a chance. Just because you're associated with wrestling, they're going to be like, ugh, next. Um, that, already, that's already, yeah, that already gets you a side glance. Yep. Uh, so anyway, speaking of ugh, next, um, Jake something versus Sonata. Uh, Sonata had the cool Great Muda entrance gear. Uh, he took it off and threw it on the ramp. Uh, and then... Uh, you know, they had a fine match. It was really, you know, it was the first thing resembling a wrestling match I've seen on this show. Let me go back and make sure. Um, garbage match, four-way match, 
I guess the Swinger and, and King match was technically like a regular match. Like it wasn't that offensive. Other than just the fact that uh, Swinger's a rib character. Right. Unless they were actually putting the belt on Swinger, this should have happened on Impact. Mm-hmm. Um, tag team match. Just guys doing a bunch of stuff. Cinematic match. So, yeah, this is the first just like regular one-on-one -on -one match that no gimmick. You just, hey, here's Sonata. They have a match. It was It was fine, like I said. Don't go out of your way to watch it. Um, I mean, obviously Sonata looks like somebody, wrestles like somebody, and Jake something is jacked still. So, sure you learned a lot. And that's where you said you did not make it, right? So we're about caught up as far as what you got to see. Yep, yep. Okay. All right, we get a package and then... Uh, package. we package uh uh we get a big the big eight man match scumbags versus time weapon um so moose's entrance sort of gets cut off so that it, he can have an entrance with myers you know they don't do like a mashup they just cut off moose's music and let myers shitty generic music come out and they're wearing matching gear which i don't like Cause that sort of signifies that this may be something a little more long-term, but they have like, like Moose has like an entrance vest on or something, which he normally doesn't have a vest. So like they have matching shit on and I'm just like, God oh, damn it. Um, I describe this as Moose and seven guys that aren't Moose is basically how I describe this match. Uh, it's eight if you count the ref who Myers dropped a top rope elbow on to keep uh, Moose from tapping out. Um, nine if you count PCO who no sold a, a table bomb from off the ramp. Um, and Bully sold it like, you know, so they all pick PCO up, throw him off the edge of the ramp through a table. And then he just immediately sits up and screams. And then... Oh, don't don't cover your hand don't cover your face with your hands for that. This is the least egregious thing. We at least they've set that up to the that he could be a character that could do that, at the very least. But then and then Bully does the the guy at WrestleMania when the Undertaker streak was broken cell. And in reality, since Bully already expected this, since he poured battery acid down his throat and set him on fire, and you know, he's seen everything else that people have done to him over the years. His cell should have been more like the Ben Affleck meme where he's outside with a cigarette and he's just like, like that's how Bully should have sold it. So I'll note for you, Bully. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Okay, so it's 10 guys that aren't Moose if you count uh, Steve Macklin coming out. And uh, it's 17 guys who aren't Moose if you count the guards, more guards who kept him and Josh apart. So I guess this match was just Moose and 17 guys that aren't Moose is how I would describe it. Um, the good news, though, I guess, is that uh, Moose spears and pins Josh after Alex Shelley, like, bumps into Josh accidentally in the match and then they stop being friends and he walks out. You know? Aren't they kind of doing kind of sort of the same thing with Deanna and Trinity? No. No. 
because Alex Shelley and Josh were best friends, uh, and they were doing a promo together. And then one accident happened in the match where, of course, it was nothing just between the two of them. Of course, you know, Shelley was shoved into Alexander or whatever happened or knocked into him or something. And everybody can clearly see that. And it's a simple misunderstanding. And you would think that with eight or possibly 18 guys out there, things could happen. But the one time um, that uh, there's a miscommunication, super babyface Alex Shelley just walks out on his partner and he can kind of, as he's walking up the ramp, he can probably kind of see Moose gearing up for that spear. And he doesn't seem to even want to point and warn Josh Alexander. He's like, fine, I don't care, whatever. Bumped into me, I'm out of here, man. That's all it takes. You can't nudge me slightly. I'm fucking out of here. You can get speared by Moose for all I care. Fuck you. That's basically what Alex Shelley said as he walked up the ramp. Um, but Moose got a win. So there you go. Glad to see Moose go over. Yes. Now it's a small. Nice speed for the belt. Yep. Um. Yeah, if he gets in there with Shelly, though, he'll tap out after like 15 minutes. Uh, then they show a Jordan Grace vignette. She's back, guys. Well, not yet. She's back. Oh, I have some news here. Let's see. An article. Update on Jordan Grace's return to Impact. Yada, yada, yada. Fightful Select. Oh, you know they're always on top of their shit. <laughs> They'll tell you right when somebody may or may not have been throwing punches or may or may not have bumped into somebody or may or may not have uh, gotten choked. Um, a two-year deal to remain with the promotion. So we know exactly how many years she's signing for, but not Moose. Uh, in addition, Grace's new contract will come with a pay bump while also allowing her to have time to continue pursuing bodybuilding and powerlifting opportunities. So I guess she just texted Sean Ross Sapp and said, oh, yeah, that's what it is. Um... I'm sure everyone's excited. All right, package then. Uh, <laughs> knockouts title match. Uh, Gail Kim comes out and puts on the cans. Um, they, you know, Trin and Deanna, they had a match. Starstruck. She put she put Starstruck on Deanna, and that wasn't quite enough, so she added an extra leg, and uh, Deanna tapped out. And uh, to answer your question about, you know, are they doing the same thing? Nope. Trinity gave her a nice hug and uh, and a round of applause, and Deanna graciously left the ring for the champion. So there you go. Best friends. That's fine. That's actually refreshing in wrestling now. Like, when people don't turn on each other, I'm like, ah, oh, how wholesome. Because I'm just so tired of everybody turning on everybody. Like, we just saw Alex Shelley. <laughs> oh, you accident? Someone knocked you into me? Fine, you're on your own. Like, it don't take anything to turn on somebody now. Even if you're a baby face. So, you know, when I see Trin and Deanna having a nice hug after a 
nice competitive sporting match that that feels more right to me i guess but what do i know maybe they should have uh maybe she should have kidnapped her and stabbed her or something i don't know um and then at the very end of the show they do like a run a little promo for bound for glory and they have uh they they let you know that will osprey is gonna be at bound for glory so fresh off of beating a fat old man in Wembley Stadium, Will Ospreay is here to show that he can hang with the best in impact. Are you excited about that? Or is this a Jordan oh. Grace situation? I'm more excited about Will Ospreay coming than Jordan Grace, but coming back. All right. He's the aerial assassin, you know. Indeed, indeed. And now he can add, you know, fat old guy beater to his resume. So there you have it, emergence. It was a um, negative one out of ten. And the only reason it's only negative one and not a negative five or six is because Moose got a win. And that's it. I hated this show. I hated the go-home show. I'm severely disappointed in Impact. I understand the go-home show was taped last month, so it probably taped back in July. Uh, so there's nothing you could have done about it. But, um, you know, your pay-per-view, um, just guess you're gonna back to the drawing board, I guess. Uh, no offense to anybody, they all worked hard, but I'm just talking purely about the um, the way this was booked, presented, and everything. Like, whoever you are that's doing these fucking cinematic matches, just, like, stop it, dude. Just stop it. How was the lighting, Jerome? Uh, it was, uh, you know, it was somewhat more subdued. At least I'll say that. Especially in the actual arena. Oh, the emergence show was pretty dark. Yeah, I noticed that. It's like, that's bizarre. Like, there's hardly any light in there. So that's that one place we were talking about. The complex in, where was it? Toronto, I want to say? I know I we asked... So. We asked Chris about it when he was on with us a different time. And he was like, I haven't been everywhere in Canada. <laughs> I was like, okay, but just wondering if you had been there. Uh, but yeah, we, we put it over last time because it looked cool and different. Uh, but they also had like a red lighting theme to that. So it made everything seem like more vibrant. And this, it was like, not only were the lights a little bit lower, but it was also the emergence had like a black and blue theme to it. So the blue is even more subdued and muted and makes it look even darker in there. So, you know, it makes it even look more low budget when your lights are down. Something as simple as having bright lights make it look like you have money or not. So that's just something to think about when you're producing one of these shows. That's why when you watch shit like, you know, Another thing that was on this weekend inexplicably is NWA 75. So you watch a show like that, and that shit always looks dingy and dirty. 
I didn't watch this one, but in the past when I'd watch, when I watched like 74, which was so bad that I quit watching NWA, you know, it looked poor. It looked like they had no money. Billy Corgan talking about we're in position to be the number two wrestling company. Fuck you. You don't even look, you're, you're not even positioned to be number five. So anyway, the point is, um, it was kind of a night and day difference from the last time we saw this venue, uh, to where we didn't remark on it once until now at the very end, it was unremarkable. Whereas before, when we first saw it, we were putting it over and talking about how it looked cool. So there you go. So thank you for that, uh, question, Jerome. Um, well, that does it. We did it. We got through it. Hopefully we're more entertaining than the actual impact show. I don't know how many of you actually suffered through impact, uh, but I feel sorry for you. Um, uh, so feel free to skip everything they do and just come here for all your impact needs. We'll be happy to do that for you. And we can do other things for you. You can find us other places. Uh, Brandon, where can the people find you when you're not talking about Impact? You can find me on the X, formerly known as Twitter, at TransArchistTia. You can also find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash MissTiaTheTransArchist, as well as Substack at HMGBrandon. It's always going to be Twitter for me. Uh, but you can find me on Twitter at uh, OpinionApp. Or Instagram at Opinion Haver, or Twitch.tv at Opinion Haver, or YouTube at Opinion Haver, or PlayStation Network at Opinion Haver, or any of your favorite social media platforms, even the ones I don't use, even the ones I just signed up with an account just so I could take Opinion Haver and then close the app for good. You can find me at any of those places at Opinion Haver. You can find me every Wednesday except uh, last Wednesday. Uh, on the Next Level Wrestling Review uh, with Big Ray Hernandez. And uh, thank you to Jimmy T and um, um, excuse me, John Enright for filling in for me on the Next Level Wrestling Review last week. I regrettably was not able to be a part of it, but uh, I definitely appreciate those guys. And uh you will find me there on this Wednesday. So look forward to that or don't because it's NXT. I understand. I totally understand. Believe me, I understand. I watch it every week. So um, there's that. And you can also find me um, doing um, other stuff. Twitch.tv slash opinion. Or you can, uh, you can uh, alternatively, if you didn't mind having a break from me and didn't miss me at all you can go to other things that aren't necessarily related to me but only tangentially related to me like you can go watch wrestling with rip rogers every friday at their concrete time of whenever they say they're going live and uh, you'll certainly get a mention of me even if i'm not there they will mention me and they will say concrete baby uh and they'll mention my name and they'll talk about how i'm from california so i know everybody that's out there uh, because California is a small town. So, you know, there's lots of running gags that include me and involve me on wrestling with Rip Rogers. So even if I'm not physically there in the studio with them, uh, they're talking about me all the time. Cause I'm just that over. Um, and of course, check out wrestling with Stevie or Stevie Richards wrestling analysis and Stevie Richards fitness. Both of his YouTube channels doing well. His Patreon is doing well. 
He's got over 80 some patrons on there and exclusive content coming out all the time. Today he broke down a match between, I believe it was Magnum and Nikita for the US title. He did a breakdown of that on Patreon, but also on YouTube he did a tribute to Terry Funk, which I already mentioned, but YouTube is free. There's no reason to not go check it out. And uh, even if you don't want the Patreon stuff, um, he's still putting out content on YouTube at least two or three times a week. Um, but if you do want the Patreon and you want to thank Stevie uh, for all his hard work, then at least know that you're not just getting the same stuff recycled. It's not just like, oh, early access for Patreon. And then if you just wait two weeks, it'll be on YouTube. No, it's completely different content. So you're, you're getting basically two for one, basically. You're really just paying for one thing and then you're getting YouTube free. So it's like a bonus. It's great. Uh, so check out Stevie, check out Rip, check out me on Next Level, check out everybody, and we're checking out. So for Brandon, I'm the vet and I don't have a sign offline.